0: Seriously? Seriously? You have got to learn to wait your goddamn turn.
1: Jesus Christ! Now this is what happens, okay? No, you are not goddamn hungry. You think you're hungry? As both the Beach Boys and N.W.A. found out, don't let Paul Giamatti manage your band. This is spoilers. Ain't it? it? Hey. How you fellas doing? <laughs> Pretty wonderful. Awesome. I am your host, Stevie, recording from Elkhart, Indiana. And tonight we are spoiling the 2014 Under the Radar, Made Its Money Back, Not a Financial Disaster, kind of a hit movie, Love and Mercy. Does that sound fair? I don't know. Anyway, uh, how about we just go around and introduce yourselves, and uh, what's your favorite Beach Boys song? Josh, let's start with you. You're the one that's closest to being around when they were big.
0: Yeah. Yeah, when I was 21, they released a great (laughs) hit.
1: (laughs) I saw them in concert in Brooklyn. (laughs)
0: Oh, man, the weird thing is that you could probably catch a Brian Wilson show at some point in our lifetimes. Um, It's kind of cool, but I'm Josh. I'm recording out of Goshen. A little bit of a sore throat tonight, so sorry if it sounds a little scratchy,
2: fellers. Did you get some St. Patrick's Day sickness? Irish
0: flu? Uh, No, I think it's just the regular sort. Uh. Josh
3: what's your favorite beach Boy song? Uh, Mikey, I'm recording
1: oh,
0: sorry, Mike, I did forget that. Uh, oh yeah,
3: Josh go. I think
0: it's always been good vibrations, but I feel like that first big transition of the song when it just like goes from the climax to nothing again just doesn't really work. Uh, I know that's a hot take, but I really like God only knows and this movie made me like that song like even way more.
1: Nice. Mikey, what's up?
3: uh mikey recording out of velcart uh i don't know too much beach boys music but uh i do like god only knows and i think it's caroline caroline yes yeah, caroline no the other song he was singing nice. how does it go no. those are like the only two beach Boys songs i know
0: <laughs> those are the only ones you know that's bullshit <laughs> <laughs> Everybody was. Surfing. I mean, besides
3: the ones they play on Full House, which I don't count as real music.
2: They play Beach Boys on Full House.
3: I'm never going to listen to that stuff. <laughs> that's, that's 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 white people music. That's
0: too white.
2: Pappy. Yep. Uh, this is Pappy. We're going from Denver, and I probably have to go with uh, "Don't Worry." baby as my favorite i don't think it's on this i don't even know what album it's on but i think they actually do play it in part of this movie um, it's kind of sounds like a girls group song i'm actually i'm a big peach boys fan i really like the album pet Sounds. Um, so it's like this making up
1: experience.
0: it didn't even go gold that's something that mike love says in the movie but anyway
1: speaking of mike love he is a famous uh Relation, doesn't he? Is Kevin Love his, his nephew?
3: Pet Sounds didn't sell. There, I said it. It flopped.
0: The critics loved, it. the critics don't buy
3: albums. Well, Mike, the British buy albums, you know?
2: Yeah, I was looking at some interview about it, and Kevin Love was saying that he got, he was basically saying he got more girls in college from being uh, the nephew of a beach boy than being on the basketball team. I don't know if that's true, but.
0: Kevin Love doesn't get girls. <laughs> the Cavs still have Kyle Korver, I believe. So they got like two bona fide Beach Boys on the team at once. It's pretty crazy.
2: Which one's Kyle corver Which who's which Beach Boys? Kyle Korver.
0: Uh, he just looks like a
2: <laughs> a Beach Boy.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> also, this movie was directed by. Uh, let me see here. Uh, I think it's Bill Pollard. Pap, you said you had a fun fact about him?
2: He is the son of the Minnesota Twins owner, and I actually saw this movie in theaters at an art house in Minnesota when I lived there.
1: And okay, it so Pap. it's good It's good fun facts, not bad fun facts.
2: No, no, he's not a diddler. Um, okay. But it seems like it was kind of like his only passion project. He really hasn't directed anything else, but he produced 12 Years a Slave. So, I mean, who knows what that means when you're a billionaire? Did he just fund it? I don't know.
1: Is he that? I mean, yeah, he's well, yeah, he's got to be the son of a billionaire, doesn't he?
2: Yeah, they're billionaires.
1: <clears throat> All righty. Well, this movie "Love and Mercy" um, kind of takes place over two different timelines. You have the young and Tubby Paul Dano playing a young Brian Wilson pre-Pet Sounds. Then you have John Cusack who was completely drugged out in the 1980s. Um, out of the two timelines, which one did you guys prefer in this movie? Uh, I think we were talking about this in the
0: hijack a little bit. Definitely before Paul the Paul sh- timeline. Yeah, we were talking about this before the the pod and the hijack, but we were thinking the movie might be better if the John Cusack scenes are actually replaced with scenes from High Fidelity. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, Pappy. We, don't you think the earlier stuff was like way more insightful into like the creative process? It makes it pretty fascinating.
2: Well, we I also said that this could just be one big movie that maybe Brian Wilson goes crazy and then holds a jukebox outside someone's house in a different movie, <laughs> and then ends up at a record store. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think both parts are pretty good. I would have rather seen a, like a 90 minute movie about the making of pet sounds and good vibrations. And then you could even just end it with the, like the acid trip that happens. But I think that the story that they tell in the, the latter half of his life, where he's being like taken advantage of has more of like a social relevancy. Right. So I think that kind of like helps the film in a lot of ways, especially amongst critics. Um, but I like the Paul Dano part.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you guys on that. I mean, it is fascinating to see how much effort and just, uh, I guess you could say, meticulous cal- calculation on uh, Brian Wilson's part like went into making this album. And he pretty much did all the groundwork while his bandmates were away touring. And when they got back... They did not seem pleased at all. And Pat, what song were we talking about earlier that he kinda wrote out a dig at his bandmates?
2: Um, that would be I know there's an answer off Pet Sounds.
1: Yeah, if you- I know there's an answer.
2: It's playing right now. <laughs>
1: There's some lyrics in there that are some pretty good shots at his bandmates that they just kind of want to keep doing run-of-the-mill stuff and not really explore anything outside of their own comfort zones. I believe that's actually even a lyric in there. But um, let me but
0: Stevie, see. the way the movie portrays it, it's not really like the whole band being mean to him. It's mostly coming, if not 100%, coming from Mike Love.
1: Mike Love and his father. Kevin Love's uncle.
0: But his father's, like, <laughs> uh, not in the band anymore. They, By the time this movie starts, they've disbanded him from being their manager. So that that's a one big po- plot point I wish I had come back to is that especially Mike Love was just questioning Pet Sound so hard and dissing it. I feel like they could have come back to that and given his character some sort of finality. Because he they really threw Mike Love under the rug and I don't know if that's in respect for Brian Wilson's brothers. I think that's
1: in respect of like what actually happened.
0: Yeah maybe. He has a quote that says like for everyone who thinks Brian Wilson walks on water I will always be the antichrist. So he kind of admits that him and Brian butted heads.
1: Yeah and I mean I think it was um I forget his first name but it was um, Brian Wilson's lyricist for a lot of these songs on Pet Sounds. His last name is Asher. And he was quoted saying that, like, Brian, um, Mike Love was just throwing an absolute fit in the studios, just saying, like, stick to the formula, stick to the formula. There's no hooks in any of these songs. No one's going to buy this. Just pretty much being a giant downer the whole time. And I will, I think something
0: that's, sorry to interrupt again, no, but go something ahead. that's really funny is, Mike Love, especially in the movie, goes nuts when he's reacting to the song "God Only Knows." And if you actually listen to that song, his role in that song is like four seconds to just say like (laughs) "lay down some bop bops," and you can hear his nasally ass voice practically ruining the song. like four seconds that's it yeah (laughs) Yeah. and then like i sent you guys the video in our gchat thread the other day but when you watch their like live performance music video from the 60s mike love looks absolutely miserable to the side he just stands there with his head down like kicking dust off (laughs) his feet
2: do you guys think it was like jealousy of brian wilson uh, maybe but like I think Brian Wilson was also kind of like wrapped up in his own personal thing like trying to outdo the Beatles you know what I mean like we were talking about this right before like at the end of the 60s you have like revolver you know uh rubber soul which I think they even talk about in this movie at one point they say something like rubber soul it's like a complete album man and then they come out with uh the pet sounds Beach Boys do and then the Beatles come out with Sgt. Pepper and that's when Brian Wilson kind of snapped. So I think he was kind of like, I don't even think he cared about selling records that much.
1: He was just trying to make like his art, it felt just like. Just trying to make the greatest album ever? That I mean, kind of. And then he broke
2: down. you hear the new Beatles?
3: Yeah. The Rubber Soul? Yeah. I heard it was about John Lennon having an it affair. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it works like a whole. It's like a whole album everything fits together no fat like an album of,
2: of folk songs but the sounds are really far out lots of overdubbing they stole our backing vocal you know
1: we go la, 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 la. and then they change it dude
2: we can't let them get ahead of us
3: i think it sounds like mike love is just trying to trying to stick to a formula and get a paycheck and Brian's trying to make art (laughs) and those two don't really overlap
0: that's totally how I see it too I think you're right and I think the brothers and it's probably accurately portrayed in the movie but they just are kind of they never really take a side did you guys notice that? They never really say anything when like shit's going down
3: they're just kind of neutral between
1: like the two yeah
3: I couldn't couldn't tell (laughs) I couldn't tell who was his actual brother in the movie because none of them were sticking up for him. They're all just like,
2: not Paul Giamatti. They acknowledged that he was
3: a great <laughs> musician, but they kind of just brushed. Yeah, they just brushed off uh, all of his ideas. It was weird,
0: and it is weird too because they, like I said earlier, they they made it so the dad wasn't the manager, and they really relinquished control of the band to Brian, and they all seem to recognize like he is the true genius in the band, but they just didn't really back him up very well and I wonder if that played a part into his going insane. He didn't really have like like a solid rock to really rely on as he's going through this writing process. I don't know.
2: He needed Elizabeth
1: Banks back then.
0: We all needed Elizabeth Banks back then.
2: <laughs> hey
1: now, hey now. <laughs> and from the very get-go of this movie, he's like slowly losing his mind. Um, I gotta imagine these are acid flashbacks Do you guys agree with that? They're constantly just like ringing in his
2: head. I don't even know if those are a real thing, but I I think that once you're kind of borderline like he is, the drugs definitely didn't help.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a combo, Stevie, of mental illness and also drugs. But if you guys actually listen closely at one of the parts when all the things are ringing in his ear, you can actually hear... Um, Leon Neeson as Qui Gon Jinn, saying, <laughs> No, Anakin. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, are Brian Wilson's mental problems documented? Like, I know in the movie, yeah. uh, Paul Giamatti says he's a schizophrenic. Is that true? Do we, I
3: think- At the end of the movie, they say uh, UCLA diagnosed him. They didn't say what
0: though. Yeah. I mean, he was abused so was probably- by his father. And his
1: republican staunch Republican father,
0: <laughs> and he was also like a a <laughs> oh, child oh, okay. star, so we all know what happens to like kids who get super famous, like they all
3: turn out funny.
1: <laughs> and like the crazy thing is is like he wrote and recorded this when he was only twenty three years old I That's mean nuts, yeah, like as a twenty three year old who's doing like all this by himself is already their like eleventh album it's absolutely insane. I think that's why, like, probably, like, the music process is everyone's favorite part of this movie because, I mean, we're all big fans of music and just watching, like, what went into making this album. I mean, whether it be, like, I gotta imagine they uh, hyped it up a little bit because it's a movie, but it's still pretty insane to have a 23-year-old, like, constructing this massive album.
2: Well, I love, like, yeah, he's doing all these crazy things, like, he's sticking pins to piano keys and he's telling people to, like, Play in different keys and they're sitting right next to each other. Like everything he's doing in the studio is just fascinating to watch. And Paul Dan- Dano is just doing a great job of like, because he's got this like kind of like unsure side of himself too. Like there's one part where he's smoking a cigarette. He's like, I don't know if it's gonna be any good. But he's being all kind of whiny and bitchy. And the other guy's like, Dude, you're better than. who's he you say you're better than? You're better than. Somebody. He rattles
1: off every name in music. Phil Spector. Phil Spector. David, yeah.
0: David Bowie.
2: David. Yeah. All these people. And he's like, yeah.
0: Brian,
3: Brian, you got a light? Spoke coffee on my match in there.
0: We've played with everyone.
3: Heard it all. You name them, we've played with them. Sinatra, Dean Martin, Elvis, Phil Spector, Sam Cooke, everyone. We all studied in goddamn conservatories, for Christ's sake. But you.
0: You, you gotta know. That you're touched, kid. You're blowing our minds.
2: More than Phil Spector. Ah, Phil's got nothing on you. Let me get <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: It's like, man, that Phil Spector, he's a legend. Yeah. I love that guy. I,
2: I can't imagine anything going wrong with Phil Spector. <laughs> <laughs> that guy can do no wrong.
3: <laughs> I want to be that guy in 20 years.
0: Well, if you talk about him losing his mind, too, Pappy, we had talked about this before. It was If Brian Wilson is taking on the Beatles, it's 123 23-year-old Brian versus George Harrison, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, and George Martin. Like, you can't do that and win on a consistent basis i mean what? that's just madness
2: and you had the point too where like the beatles are all about this like collaborative effort like no one really knows like who wrote more of the song Lennon or mccartney it's always credited to both like they give ringo a fucking song on every <laughs> album to sing and write just to be nice mm-hmm. like ringo they're just super do it. collaborative and like this movie goes out of its way to show you that not only is like brian wilson um was he being questioned like he's on an island externally yeah like he's being questioned by the people who are closest to him saying like i don't know if this is such a good idea and then it proves to be like a flop but he still goes forward with good vibrations which i love that sequence like when that he has that triumph and they're at the dinner table then though duck you Oh, the scene scene. from duck you sucker yeah yeah yeah.
1: That and uh was it the scene where he he's like he has like a piano in the sand and it's like him and Mike at the piano and he starts kind of playing like the soft piano parts to it. He's
2: trying to figure it out.
1: He's trying to figure it out and Mike I think that's kind of like Mike's coming around point. He's like I like that. I like that. I like that. Just keep doing that. And would you guys agree that's probably their most famous song is Good Vibrations?
2: I think so.
0: And I think it's absolutely. And everybody was surfing. Yeah. Yeah,
1: surfing. uh, um. (laughs) I like that line his brother had where he's like, yeah, man, not even surfers listen to our music, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
2: I'll
1: say this about the Beach Boys. I like them, but
2: that is, I don't really like their lyrics. Their lyrics are so dumb. Like, does that not bother you guys? Yeah. Just cookie cutter, like, Americana stuff. Like, silly, it's, yeah. Like, let's go it, get it, a girl it, yeah. and cheer about high school. At the
0: hamburger stand. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Be true to your school. Rah, rah, rah,
1: rah. Boom, ba.
0: If you start singing those songs, like the earlier ones, they all just become, like, a huge medley in your mind. It's pretty yeah. funny.
1: What was that band that uh, his dad tried to, like, tried to get behind? Check out the harmonies. The Arrangement? Doesn't this guy sound
3: just like Brian? I'm telling you, I am taking these guys all the way to the top.
0: That's great, Dad. You're doing your own thing. Oh, this is a hit. <laughs> his voice sounds just like Brian's, but he's not crazy.
3: Oh, my God. What a backhanded dig.
2: He sounds Jeez, just like Brian. That,
3: that guy's a psycho.
2: Can you he, he hear the lack of schizophrenia no in his voice, son? <laughs>
3: I have, after seeing that scene, I have no problem with Brian just, like, snapping, (laughs) just right there in front of his dad.
0: But again, he has, like, an Anakin moment where he's like, that's cool, Dad, you're doing your own thing. And he, like, storms out.
1: (laughs) Gosh. Dad, I'm trying to record, but listen to my band, Brian. They're better.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The thing about Brian Wilson in this movie is he's always an adult, but he's never, like, in charge of even his own actions. You know what I mean? Like he's always getting told what to do by people, especially when he's the Cusack one. And I don't the even think we've talked about Paul G- We haven't even talked about Paul Giamatti yet, other than the spoiler.
1: <laughs> Let's
2: talk about well, Okay, was
3: uh, <laughs> was Paul around the entire time that they were the Beach Boys, or was that, like, later That on? was
1: after he was, like, mentally having a breakdown, and, like, the Beach Boys kind of got away from Brian and started recording without him.
3: So he just, like, showed up at his house or something and... Because he's a doctor, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I think quote on quote. He, he had written some book, too, that they reference in the movie. That was like a bestseller. Oh, yeah. yeah. So maybe at some point I, they yeah. were like kind of celebrities together. But yeah, he's just like so controlling. And like when he's yelling at him, when he's trying to eat the cheeseburger, he's just like zannied out of his mind or something. He's like, you're not hungry. And like fat Brian's trying to like <laughs> stuff his mouth full of it. A bandy cheeseburger <laughs> it's like really hard to watch
0: it was pretty it, real actually like yeah. that felt like something that really happened you know what I mean
3: well it's got these like other I don't people. like it when I don't like it when Paul Giamatti yells it's <laughs> kind of terrifying
2: well it's just like so. Yeah, it's so real too because you got these other people just like sitting there like awkwardly like what yeah. is going on here
0: I thought he was even imposing when i don't know what he was story he was telling but he's like trying to force some story in while he's flipping burgers and brian keeps interrupting and being like i'm hungry are those almost done yet and paul Mm -hmm. giamatti like no one cares about his stupid story but he's just like pushing through it so hard
2: i think i think his story is about the book that he wrote and it's like some like a book of slang which is like the most it's really far out man
1: you ever
3: hear of the um underground dictionary thank you sweetheart uh no well, I published it in 1971. That's yeah. It's an amazing book. It's a uh, lexicon for subcultural speech. It's a reference book for professionals of all kinds to learn how to talk to the subcultures of the time.
2: Yeah. I can tell you what all the jive talk means. It's like kind of like borderline racist too. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he it's wrote a book underlines. on like
1: subculture, like yeah. jargon or like slang. Yeah.
3: It's all about words they yeah, use. They. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, Paul Giamatti!
1: Get
2: Out was my favorite movie last year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, if Brian Wilson's dad is the uh, villain in the in his younger years, Paul Giamatti is definitely the villain in his later years. Um, I thought Elizabeth Banks did a really good job acting in this movie. Did you guys like her in this? As far as like being like the only like actual like strong female in this movie. I like her.
3: I think she's good in just about everything, but she does a lot of comedy. But uh, I don't know. I haven't really seen her do a totally dramatic role like this. Yeah. So I thought she did a good job, though.
0: It was actually pretty cool that um, Brian Wilson wasn't necessarily like the main character from each the past and present. Like I would say Paul Dano is definitely the main character of the early years, but Elizabeth Banks is the antagonist for sure of – Pro, quote future pr- Brian protagonist
2: yeah. Protagonist, yeah. yeah Prota- it's definitely seen from her perspective. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I had a question though, that she kinda has a heck of a time like convincing the family that this Dr. Landy is like going nuts on Brian. Like, do you guys know anything about how that all went
1: down IRL? They were estranged. He was estranged from his family for quite some time when like Gene got a hold of him.
2: But the way that it's revealed too that part's not true right like that's one of the things they changed like because like he's she gives the pills to the housekeeper in this
1: right it's too many it's too many i take away because it makes him more crazy dr eugene gave him too much he's more local than mr brian it's too many pills and it makes him crazy
3: oh my god that was ridiculous that giant jar of oh, pills yeah. oh my god that was so sad your pills
0: and those were all just the, like the, the leftover house. ones that she couldn't like stomach I know, to give yeah him. that's
3: if even half of that is true that's like so sad to have someone controlling your whole life like that he's like a schizophrenic he, has, he doesn't know any better and someone's just force feeding him pills and Making him do music like a slave is so bizarre. Like this story is real. If
0: that's bizarre, think about being Bryson, Brian Wilson having gone through like a decade of that life and then seeing this movie documenting that. Uh, that's just really weird. I mean, he's he was down with this movie for he, it to he, be made, right? Like
3: Yeah, did he sign off? He had a breakdown during on one, one of the scenes. So he was like yeah, on set? Yeah, he had a
1: breakdown during the Gene cheeseburger scene. Oh, really? My yeah. It's
0: like a super sad story.
3: What did that it's look like?
1: terrible.
0: What, what did you read there, Stevie?
1: That he started having panic attacks and people had to try to calm him down. And he was just like thinking Gene was there again.
0: I think that speaks to how real that scene is. Like yeah. I, I mean,
1: this movie was in the works for a long time. I mean, this was almost made back in the 90s. So, I think they took, I mean, as far as I know, like pretty, like they took care with what they put in the movie, like as being pretty factual.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I was just looking it up. This is an article from uh, Slate written by Marissa Martinelli. And she says that, yeah, basically everything was true except for the end. And actually, the therapist guy had made himself the beneficiary of Brian's will in case anything happened to him. And this came to the attention of a family friend who was actually intervening. But there really was a woman who he fell in love with around this time who also played a big role in his mental health journey. Uh, but it was actually some other guy who tipped off that this psychologist was fucking with him. It's pretty it's horrifying. Story.
0: Yeah, it's pretty horrifying. Yeah. You're like kept captive in your own mind. It's really weird. That scene I, if once I watch the movie again, which I probably will at some point, that scene where he like first gets in the car and you don't really know what's like going on with him. I think that makes a lot more sense in hindsight. Like he's trying to get 10 seconds
1: with well, well, a real person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you it's true like at, like the car like at the uh, dealership where like he has like bodyguards just constantly around him. And you're right, he just got in the car just so he could speak to someone that wasn't telling him what to do.
0: Wasn't there a scene where they're like watching a movie and she like, or a concert, and she whispers something to Brian and Paul Giamatti's like, what What did you say to him? She's like, what? (laughs) Just wondering, what exactly did you say to Brian? (laughs) It's so weird.
3: Or when uh, Paul Giamatti's walking... Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks to her car, and he's just, like, hovering around her, telling her, like, yeah, you should uh, tell me every specific detail about every date that you guys go on, and then report back to me after every time you guys meet. It's like, uh, I don't think so. No. She's just, like, trying to trying to get out of there without getting stabbed or something.
0: I think he also kind of alludes to, like, if you ever do anything physical with Brian, I want to know about that stuff, too. That's really weird.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's... So here's a question for you guys. So the the way we talked about it is we talked about the young Brian Wilson first and the old Brian Wilson, but the movie like intercuts parts of his young life and parts of his old life. Did you like that? Because I'm almost kind of thinking now I would have liked it in a more traditional narrative maybe because then I could just watch the first. One. I think it could have been,
3: <laughs> I think it could have been two, <laughs> I think it could have been two movies, honestly, like one, the making of Pet Sounds and then. The other, Brian's story.
1: I didn't mind the cutting. I
3: was just, I was just feeling like the John Cusack uh, parts didn't exactly fit with the Paul Dano parts, I guess. And also, they don't look alike. And John Cusack <laughs> didn't make any effort to look like Paul Dano.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: John
2: Cusack Meet just kind of showed the up on set, yeah. <laughs>
0: I think they tried to make it kind of 50-50 in this movie and I think it turned out probably more like 60-40 Paul Dano to um, John Cusack but I think it would have been better served if the John Cusack scenes were like maybe a scene at the beginning and end and it's touched on somewhere in the middle cuz like I don't know there's some really like good scenes and good insight but I feel like that could have been more like 10% instead of 40.
2: Paul Dano, three movie club, by the way. What's that? Paul Dano, three movie club.
1: We did Friend Swiss Army Man. We did this. Which other one? Okja. Okja! Okja! <laughs> but, uh, I didn't mind the intercutting, though. Um, <clears throat> I just you see how weird he, I mean, just how off he is when he's older and you're kind of just wondering like what happened to this guy. And you see him when he's younger, just like slowly lose his mind. I mean, he's in a swimming pool, telling everybody to whisper because he thinks the president's listening in on their conversations. Like he, that was,
0: I'm glad you brought that up Stevie. Cause I think that was, if the brothers did ever take a side, it was like during that scene and it's so stark, like he's literally in the deep end, and no one's gonna come out there to get to uh, him. You know, uh, get it, get it. Uh, do you get oh, it? Oh man! <laughs> so, I,
3: Tim and Eric gif, mind explosion. <laughs> and
1: also, but I think it's like uh,
0: oh, it's not only that. It's not only that he's like far out there acting crazy. I do think there's an element of everyone else was just sitting on the other side, kind of arms crossed, like not willing to say anything except for douchebag Mike Love just giving him shit.
1: We're gonna record without you!
3: (laughs) (laughs) This is also a time like before mental health though so I, I was like wondering why he's saying... people are listening while we're having this conversation. I was wondering why people weren't saying, hey, you're talking like a crazy person. So this is like... before someone would suggest, hey, why don't you go see a psychiatrist or something? So... I guess you have to take that with a grain of salt. Back
2: then they just put leeches on your forehead and try and make you <laughs> remove yeah. the demons. Just, uh, drink those,
3: <laughs> just drink those those. voices quieter.
2: <laughs> have some medicine. I
1: also think he let was let your blood. just doing like a mountain. Yeah, you're going to want to pick
3: eat. up a mistress.
1: I mean, there are scenes where he's just like down on a pier just doing acid with people. And they're like... Don't let them tell you how to live your life, man. You're the king of your own destiny.
3: I think uh, one of those guys that, give them, that gives him LSD, I think that guy's like from All-American Rejects or something, from that band. Is he? The lead singer. <laughs> I not really? know. I think so. We
0: kind of talked about this earlier, but <sighs> Pappy, I especially want to get your opinion. Wait. Brian Wilson was dealing with mental illness, and he had an abused past. Do you have... I feel like people blame maybe... I'm not saying he didn't take too many drugs, but do you think they're blaming the drugs when really it's just straight up maybe mental illness and his past?
2: Well, like I said, yeah. I think even the movie goes out of its way to say that the drugs potentially exacerbated a problem that was already underlying. Like, there's that one sequence to represent the time that he spent in bed, which was like either one year or three years. I think even the movie says it was actually more like three years. Um, But that's kind of like a trippy LSD sequence. But I mean, he did have a bunch of brothers who had the same dad and it kind of seemed like they were all doing the same amount of drugs. So like if that was really the only cause it probably would have affected more than just him would be my guess, but I'm no doctor.
0: But also his musical genius does that is that partially because he's mentally different you know like it's just all kind of interwoven in my opinion you can't point at the LSD and be like it ruins lives look at Brian Wilson <laughs> Brian. <laughs>
3: <laughs> If you just want to say Mike Love is the least talented beach boy just say it Josh <laughs>
1: Ba, 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 ba. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> Miserable in a corner. Um.
3: <laughs>
1: well, uh, do you guys have anything else to add?
0: I guess I'd like to know. Well, I'll tell you my favorite scene, and maybe you guys can share yours. But I thought the scene that will always stick out to me the most is when he's playing God Only Knows, and it's just like him solo. And then it kind of cuts to his dad and him and dad have, him and his dad have like a super real argument. Again, like kind of that reality sets in.
2: And the last verse repeats one more time and the, the chorus will harmonize over and over at the end. It's so rough, I know, but it's getting there. It's right for Carl's voice. Do you like it, Dad? I mean, it'll get better. The, the vocals will counterpoint the backing track. Real soulful.
1: Oh, you don't want my advice? What would my meddling?
2: Well, just tell me what you think. Not much use of me is there with your mom living on her own. Come on, we're still family. Families
3: don't fire their own father.
2: I don't want to start that
3: argument again. I'm not arguing. If I say something now, you'll argue. Then don't say anything. Forget it. Forget what? Forget what? You don't like the song. I never said that. You can tell.
2: (laughs) Just say something. I would change the title. The Capris had a tune-out called God Only Knows in
3: 55, 54. Never
2: mind that. Did you close your eyes like I asked you to? Tony and I think, if you close your eyes, you can see a place where something's happening. like being blind but because you're blind you can see more don't you think it's a spiritual kind of thing i don't know what the hell you're
0: talking about and i thought that was a super memorable scene i was kind of making fun of it earlier but he yeah his dad just listened to his son play a remarkable song solo a song that will go on to be like widely renowned paul mccartney will call it the greatest song ever made (laughs) but his dad of course isn't pleased at all. And his basic criticism is like, your brothers are going to hate it. I hate it. It's a suicide note. You're like super lame now.
2: (laughs) Thanks dad. Brian Wilson, the original emo kid. (laughs) My favorite scene is gotta be when he's, I mean, I think I already mentioned this when he's sticking the pins on the piano i just because like i'd heard that sound on the what what track is that like uh don't talk put your head on my shoulder or something or no you believe in me where he's playing the piano and i never even like realized like i always heard that sound and thought it was weird but then like to see to see that like that's when the movie goes on like it's more of like almost documentary style and it's a biopic musical without being a musical you know what I mean like they don't we don't have to stop and watch them like actually sing a song or something it's it's more like teaching you how they did it so that whole montage I could go back and just watch that over and over again on like YouTube or something Tony you hold those keys down yeah yeah okay can I have another bobby pin please Hal
3: okay keep the keys down Tony here we go
0: Any other little moments in there that you picked out that you liked?
2: Uh, I, I for some reason the pins just always sticks out in my mind. Um, I'm trying to think what else he does. There's one like, point with like I animals? think it might have been yeah when he's like trying to get them all riled up. <laughs> <laughs> That's straight from. I like Walk when
0: Hard. he's
3: uh <laughs> he's talking to the bass, the bass player the lady who's like why are we having two two different sets of bass lines or whatever. And he's like, Paul Dana's like, well, uh, why don't we just try it this way real quick? And then she's like playing it. And she's like, whoa, shit, this is fucking dope. And she's like (laughs) still strumming along.
0: And he's also kind of playing off the people too. I think it's the piano player kind of like uh, just off the cuff plays like a four note little section like accidentally. Oh, when he plays a trill yeah yeah and he's like it's mm-hmm. not accidental if you repeat it every four bars and <laughs> so like
2: fucking mr rogers shit like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so positive but i can never hear the end of good vibrations the helicopter cellos and he like makes them do a thousand times now every time yeah now every time i hear i'm like critiquing it like oh those are those are Probably just right <laughs> how he <we> wanted them.
1: <laughs> I love that. That's part. another Mike Love moment
0: because Mike Love blows up. It's fine! Clap, clap, clap! They did it!
1: Okay, one more time,
0: please. They are doing good good. They're doing it! Brian, they've been doing it for
2: the past three hours! Okay, Mike, oh my God. you can leave if you don't want to be here. Thank you. I'm looking at the cello players. Okay, let's try it again, please. One more time. Take thirty two. They've
3: been doing it! They've been doing it for four hours! <laughs>
0: uh, Kevin loves Uncle. It's
3: like actually seeing a like a genius at work. It's kind of crazy to see how his mind was working when he was making this album, so I thought that part of the movie was like spectacular, really. I would have loved to see a whole movie just about making pet sounds. Agreed. And then a separate movie just about Brian Wilson's kind of really messed up life. I think those are two different movies.
1: Any of you guys uh, find that scene super sad when his dad sold off all the rights to, like, his music?
2: Not really, because I Googled their fucking net worth and they're all 100 millionaires, so it didn't really seem to matter. I mean... Maybe at it's, first, but they did okay.
0: It's so funny because his dad's like, yeah, I sold all your songs. Now we can be a family. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. What? <laughs> oh, that's how it works. <laughs> Son, this intellectual property has no real value. <laughs> <laughs> what?
0: Cheer up. I got good news. I sold the publishing rights to A&M Records. You've peaked, Brian. Look around. Five years from now, no one is going to remember you or the Beach Boys. What about you, Stevie? What was your favorite scene?
1: Um, probably when he was getting like screwing around with the piano on "Good Vibrations," where Mike was just like, "Yeah, yeah, that, that."
0: Play that for me again.
1: There's something there, really.
0: That shot. I I know that's. Happy loves the sandbox scene too but there's like a totally Quentin Tarantino shot of Paul Dano's feet like walking up to the piano and it like it's weird because his feet like totally clench up in the sand I don't know did you notice that I don't know I'm being weird
2: well I like what you're talking about though because like the whole production design of the 60s part I think is much much stronger than the 80s Production yeah. design, like the stuff in the '80s, like honestly, I think the first time it was I, just cars. The first time I saw, it, I thought it was like the '90s or like early 2000s. I didn't like. There's nothing that makes it yeah. distinctively '80s, but the '60s stuff, like you watch Five minutes you're like, yeah, this is the '60s.
1: The only thing that you can make it tell it was '80s is there's a lot of white, a lot of white apparel, which All always screams people. '80s to me. <laughs> oh. Just,
2: just
3: Cadillac cars, just big, yeah. huge cruising Lots cars. Lots of Caucasians. Everybody was just driving.
1: walking around. <laughs> minding their own business. Uh, well, I say, um, let's get into yes or no's. And Is that a fantastic
2: Mr. Fox click? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: let's see. Let's start with Mikey.
3: Uh, yeah, I'll give it a yes. Um, I would have to say that I'm definitely not the biggest Beach Boys fan, so I went into it with super low expectations, and I didn't know anything about Brian Wilson going into it, so it's a super tragic story. I thought they did a good job. This making of Pet Sounds could have been its own like documentary-style movie, and they just kind of tried to mash it into two movies, and it was ended up being two hours long, which I thought was a little long for this movie, but... It was a good movie overall. I thought Paul Dano did a great job. and Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up like winning an Oscar or something down the line. hes I think he's that good of an actor. Yeah. And I think he'll get recognized
0: for something.
1: Let's go... But I
3: give it a yes. To
1: Josh.
0: This has got to be a yes for me. I've been a huge Beatles fan my whole life, and so I've read about kind of like the soft rivalry between the two bands and
2: what band um,
0: the beatles
2: <laughs> 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 they're an under
0: underground band yeah. you probably haven't heard of them but i think that uh i've always kind of scoffed at the notion that beach boys like even held a candle to them and seeing this movie really did make me appreciate their music a lot more and i've actually been on a huge beat boys kick if you followed me on spotify you would see i'd been listening to a lot of beach boys the last week and a half but um there's a couple like super real scenes that we talked about that are really cool it's pretty sweet that brian wilson's still alive in this movie was able to be made in such a
3: oh my god surprise twist
0: (laughs) but it's it's made with him being alive and it's not always showing him in the best light and i think that's really honest and kind of vulnerable that it does that um Paul Dano is good. Uh, I don't. I don't want to throw John Cusack under the bus because I have seen some of this like interviews with Brian Wilson in modern day, and you can tell Cusack definitely has quite a few of his mannerisms down.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I, I think it's just that Brian Wilson is just a little bit lamer than he was in the '60s. So <laughs> John Cusack is fighting an uphill battle, but um, really good movie. I would. Any music fan definitely needs to watch it. I don't think the marketing was very good in this movie because I should have seen this four years ago. So, a solid yes for me.
1: Papster.
2: Yep, this is a yes for me too. I mean, even if you aren't a fan of the Beach Boys, like Mikey, like it's hard to live in the United States for any amount of time and never heard a Beach Boys song. And their music is so... like. Popcorny, y and positive. It's it's kind of crazy that there's like this really dark uh, story happening underneath all of that with the dad, and then uh, mental illness and drugs and Mike Love, Mike Love, and everybody, Kevin Love, <laughs> the Cavs, the decision, LeBron James. It's oh. it's a lot of ins, a lot of outs. Kyrie, yeah, Uncle Drew. Um, <laughs> But no, it's it's a yes. I think that the movie, it's not a perfect movie. Uh, I think it kind of shows that it's like a first time director and the, the way that the two stories th- come together, it works, but it could have been a little bit better and maybe it could have been a little bit of fat trimmed from the story. Uh, but it's a hard yes. And uh, one of my favorite music biopics probably of all time.
0: Besides Walk Hard.
2: Exactly, besides Walk Hard and Purple Rain. Which are true <laughs> stories?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dewey Cox, legend.
1: <laughs> nice. Uh, this is a definite yes for me. Um, Pet Sounds, I mean, probably is my favorite album of all time. I mean, if not, definitely way up there. I mean, I love this movie as far as, like, a music fan. The 80s version is definitely subpar to, like, the 60s setting, but... I still think John Cusack and Elizabeth Banks pull it off, so definite yes for me, and I'm happy we got to spoil it. Uh, are you fellas ready for some trivia?
0: It's lit.
2: Yay, yay.
1: So is that yeses all around, then? I'm ready. Preserve. Trivia. Decent. Okay, who hasn't... There's no advantage, so uh, close all the tabs you have outside Audacity. And uh, who hasn't hosted the longest? Not Mm, me. I just hosted mm, Britsby
2: Bear. Britsby Bear. Josh, what did you host last, Mikey? Do you remember?
1: All right. I'll let Uh, Mikey go last. Yeah, I don't know. Trying to get (laughs) a plug in for that
2: episode, but never mind. (laughs) I I
3: couldn't tell you. I don't
2: know.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I did Teenage Uh, Mutant Ninja Turtles,
0: uh, and I think his last was, oh, jeez. Mikey, you kind of go far back. Were you you (gasps) face-off? Dude, no way.
3: Ooh, ooh, man.
2: That was like...
1: Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving.
0: Let's go behind the scenes here. We haven't recorded a pod in a bit. What year is it? (laughs) We've been doing whole Oscar selection shows. This is weird reviewing a movie.
1: (laughs) Pappy, Josh, then right. And the question is... How many seconds long is the Pet Sounds album? You can go over closest to. Seconds? Yep.
2: Okay, uh, seconds long. I'm gonna say, carry the one. I'm gonna <laughs> say, 800 seconds long.
1: Papser says 800. 800. Okay. Josh. Oh, wait.
0: Um, I will say three thousand.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: thousand.
1: <laughs> oh, God.
3: Uh,
1: okay. I'll
3: say, I'll say.
0: 2,800
3: You guys are trapping me
0: at all.
1: Oh uh, crap. The drought is over people uh, Mani has won The Yay! correct answer was 2, one, uh, fifty-seven seconds uh, It's a super short album Wow um, Let me see here Yeah it's only 35 minutes 57 seconds long how long did, would an like 800 seconds time. album be? That's like 10 I, minutes. I, you meant the A side.
3: Uh, yeah, but it's a strong 10 minutes. It's a strong. Yeah, super 10 short, short
1: album. Money record? is our winner. So exciting. Uh, uh, should we kick it over to Spoilers Man so we can give Money some time to think? Before we do that, can we just address how that's
0: a worse guess than my like wolf guess or whatever? Nope. That's a new worst nope. trivia guess.
2: If this is your first episode of Spoilers Josh once thought a wolf weighed 20,000 pounds Check out the gray episode for more fun
1: (laughs) My wife still brings that up (laughs) Okay Uh, Spoilers man or no? Yeah Alright let's kick it over to Spoilers man
0: our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. Subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. It's lit. It's lit.
1: Twitter. <laughs> Unicorns. <laughs>
0: it's lit. <laughs>
1: and we're back. The rutabaga. Dude, spoilers, the rutabaga. <laughs> and money. What is your choice?
3: Uh, have we talked about this uh, 80s classic movie titled The Breakfast Club? Oh God! Have we talked? Is this an 80s movie we've done? We have not done this 80s movie. I think I'll choose that 80s movie. Some, some John Hughes
0: up in here.
1: So much cocaine. So much love.
0: Somali ringworm. We go from Johnny Q's to Johnny Hughes.
1: Ooh. Nice. All right. Well, thank you for listening in. Uh, next episode will be Breakfast Club. And uh, this was spoilers. Hey,
3: hey, hey, hey.
0: Hashtag heaven for Devin. Heaven for Devin.
2: Devin. Yeah. Heaven for Devin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See you later.
0: First, you wanted to stop touring with us, and we accepted that—that's fine. Bruce is doing great, but now it's like we're barely a part of the Brian Wilson band. You can't just do whatever the hell you want, Brian. You know, the other guys might not say this, but you are letting us down.
1: You, you don't know,